So I don't know how Patrick Lussier keeps getting these actors that will go on to do so much better things to be in these movies. And have already done better things, usually. Well, he's clearly got an eye for talent. Nathan Fillion, of course, who would not only go on to do Firefly, but like 12 seasons of Castle. How long was that show on? Forever? Oh, yeah, long time. Well, and Shane West is literally like the bit part for the cameraman. Yeah, this was just before he blew up. But then Omar Epps, mm-hmm. who would go on to be a main character on House. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Esposito would go on to be Danny's partner on Blue Bloods. Jerry Ryan. Mm-hmm, Seven of Nine. Oh, Sean Patrick Thomas. Yeah. And let's not forget Vitamin C, whose best days were clearly ahead of her. <laughs> For centuries, a secret has been buried beneath the streets of London. You don't build this kind of security. Without a gold mine to hide. Something ageless. What the hell is that? The Holy Grail, the Golden Fleece, the Crown Jewels, whatever it is, it's inside. Something powerful. Something beyond your deepest fears. What has happened in there? He's Francesco. Who? Draculia. Hi, Amrose. I'm Hannah. And this is More is More, the Bad Movie Podcast. And today, we're talking about Dracula 2000. Yay, another Patrick Lussier masterpiece. Yeah? That's, that's <laughs> what I'm going with. Okay. <laughs> Starring Johnny Lee Miller. Gerard Butler. Christopher Plummer. And so many more. Yeah, it is a lot of known people. So what I like about this movie is that, like, right off the bat, we know it's going to be terrible because they're basing the whole concept of, like, getting you to watch it on the premise of it's a new millennium. This yeah. This is, like, one of those movies that came out. It was, like, 2000! 2000! There's yeah. so many of these. Remember that thing? It was set in the past. Now it's set now. Yeah. But we open in the past. But um, there's no voiceover. And not even an opening text, I don't think. It said the Demeter... Right, but that was just explain it. You know, it wasn't like the big, like, once upon a time. This is the first movie we've done on this podcast without mm-hmm. voice opening voiceover or opening, like, script well, explanation. When there's, like, a... Le- yeah. Oh, no, you're right. Yeah. When Dracula is moving to London, he gets on a ship, and when the ship ends up kind of crashed on shore by London, everybody's dead on it, and the captain was lashed to... The steering wheel? Is that what we call them on ships? The helm? The helm. There it is. <laughs> and they really only used this scene so that they could call back to it later. Present day, Johnny Lee Miller is yes. working for Van Helsing. So Simon is his name. Simon's working for Van Helsing, who is Christopher Plummer. And he's got a crossbow. Yeah, he's like an he's antique dealer. They're which, both antiques dealers. Yeah, I I find to be a tough sell for uh, Johnny, Johnny Lee Miller. Johnny Miller, but since they have been wearing so much leather in this movie. And he has a, like a Cockney accent. It's and... a low-class London accent for sure. It's weird. Um, Yeah, so it's, they're like, oh, well, here's this crossbow you wanted. Uh, it says, all fear he who walks under the halo of darkness in like Syrian or something. You see why the design never survived. Look how heavy it is compared to what they were using in England at the time. Ah, once the English made them for firing arrow shafts of wood, this was made for firing metal. Silver. And in my mind, I was like, I thought it was wooden stakes through the heart that killed vampires. But apparently now it's silver stakes. It It's actually both, because later in the movie, wooden stakes through the heart does kill a vampire yeah so you would think that you might as well just get the lighter one that can shoot wooden stakes since that will also work you have to show the other vampire hunters that you're richer than them oh good point yeah good point also what if you miss the wood's not going to do anything sure how about silver coated wood well sure if you're like some kind of peasant <laughs> the point is that van helsing is like oh ha 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 he's laughing about how his grandfather Abraham Van Helsing could have ever been mistaken for a vampire hunter and inspired that legend because he was just a simple antiquarian. After everyone but Van Helsing leaves for the night, Sean Patrick Thomas walks up to the building in a copper's uniform. He, Omar Epps, Danny Masterson, Lachlan Monroe, and friend. 
break into the building. There's only one guy who's like kind of unknown. It turns out he's largely a stuntman. Oh, that makes sense for his part, though. Yeah. They break break in, hack into the computer systems, and unlock this huge vault. And it's like this is they're playing up the high techness. They of really them are. In. Like there's so much tech, and they have like the little techno song playing behind it, and yeah. they're using like computers and stuff, <laughs> and, like fake eyeballs, and and I'm like, if this voice recognition software can literally, it can't tell the difference between a recording and a and the person actually saying it. What's even the point? Well, here's something that was not really gone into. Like, how did they get all this stuff? Well, because the eye, especially. Like, how do you get yeah. a picture of somebody's eye that's good enough that you can they had scan this, it? Yeah, they had a fake eyeball. And they had a peel-off hand, fake handprint. We do see later that his assistant or secretary or whoever she is. Yeah. Jennifer Esposito is... Devil crossing him. So I think we're supposed to assume that she got that stuff, but it's some weird that's, stuff to get. That's still like even having a person on the inside doesn't explain how you can get a fake eyeball that. Yeah. Mm, it's weird. But Jennifer Esposito, Selena, she does walk into the vault and it's a, it's one of those, oh no, she's in danger. Oh no, she's in on it moments. Yeah. So she and Omar Epps are. I didn't care, of course. Dating. Because even with the light flirting that Johnny Lee Miller did at the beginning of this movie. I know nothing about this woman. (laughs) Yeah. Also, she's terrible. So one thing that I don't understand, they're walking through this thing. Why is there so much stone? Like, did they bring the stone into the (laughs) vault? Did they, was this here like 500 years ago and they built the whole building around it? I don't, that part doesn't make any sense. That's funny. Well, I wanted to know why they left so many skulls down there. So many vampire skulls? Yeah. Yeah. And the vampire skulls were, I'm like, does it mutate when it goes to other people? Yeah, because some of the the skulls had front teeth that were sharp and some had the canines and some, it was, I don't know. And those teeth were not the teeth that we saw on any of the people later that turned into vampires. Yeah. So they're like, this is all just to scare us. All the crosses and all this stuff, it's just to scare us. I just... But the weird thing is that she doesn't have a payoff. Like, she doesn't even know what's supposed to be down there. Yeah. She just assumed that because there was a vault, there was a huge treasure in it. I have to say, I kind of agree with her logic of, like, if you're just a thief, I guess, and you've gone undercover to do this, it does seem like you would be like, well, this is wherever the most valuable thing is. Yeah. But you do have to be prepared that maybe it is of something that is essentially sentimental value also. Yeah, not even sentimental, but, like, really important to a certain kind of work or person, mm-hmm. but, like, not valuable for you to sell on the black market. Yeah. Also, why are there no alarms other than the computer one that they... Un- like and the into. one under the coffin, yeah, yeah. So they do they they find a coffin and they're like it's obviously like what this whole thing is holding. And, yeah, and Omar Epps is like, well, this is it. This is the this is the treasure. The treasure's in here. This is all just to scare us. And uh, they hid it in a coffin. So blah blah blah. And I'm like, wouldn't they hide it like not on an altar almost? He's committed to the idea though. Like I like his his commitment to this idea. He really is. Also, I just feel like if you are going to think that, you would need proof that the guy who devised the whole thing was certifiable. Because yeah, Van Helsing seems pretty normal. And Van Helsing apparently has to fight rumors constantly that his grandparents were vampire hunters. So right. why do you think he would then, if he's fighting this, why do you think he would then disguise his little treasure as vampire stuff? Yeah, it's really funny because they don't ever talk about that. You you think that if you were down there, like obviously they have to know who who this guy is and the rumors. Because so the you, book is the book exists in this universe, the Bram yeah, Stoker book. Exactly. So you'd think you'd go down there and see vampire schools, and you'd be like, oh wait, wasn't this that guy? Like blah blah blah, mm-hmm. and someone would get scared. Yeah. As it is, they can't figure out how to open the coffin, so they're just going to take the whole thing, which would be really heavy, and I don't even know how they were planning on doing that. Yeah, because they don't have that many people down there, especially not when two of them get killed. Like they do right now. Yes. So Lachlan Monroe gets killed, which is good because his face is really dumb and his hair is even dumber. He's a classic, like, chucklehead frat boy actor, uh, which is normally what he was cast as. Yeah. Um... But he was hanging around the studio one day, didn't have anything else to do. Exactly. They were like, we just need you for the scene, man. So he pushes the coffin off the stone that it's on, and then, like, spikes come down and kill him. 
I was to say, what's plan B on this? Like, so you're just going to push it off the stone and, like, wouldn't you just pick it up? Wouldn't you lift it? Yeah. yeah. Like, don't, like, drape yourself across the stone yeah. while you push it off. Also, if you're Van Helsing and you're planning this stuff and you're like, okay, I need to make super sure that he doesn't get a hold of any blood. Well, if people come in here, I'm going to try to spatter their blood all over the place. Because that's what happens. Yeah, so I think that actually what... The plan, I think he was only concerned about Dracula getting out. He should have been more concerned about him sucking blood off the top of his coffin, which is what <laughs> happens. I don't understand. The, okay, so the blood splatters all over the coffin, and then we be, see it sucked up under this cross that's on the top of the coffin. Right. Are his powers of suction so great that he can defy the laws of gravity to the point where there's not even a blood stain left on the silver? I'm pretty sure. Like, what is going on? How are we supposed to believe this? Hang and on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm sorry. Your disbelief is not with the vampire part <laughs> or, like, anything else. Like, it's this, this is a bridge too far. This is my line. <laughs> oh, gosh. My line is how is he sucking? And, are, and you're, but, but are you okay with, like, him flying and stuff later? Yeah, okay. totally fine with that. Okay, it's the, uh, it's this. <laughs> this That's the problem. It. This okay. is my biggest plot hole of the movie. <laughs> it's um, not a plot hole. St- stunt, inaccurate stunt. Okay. Inaccurate special effect. Inaccurate for a vampire, which is real, to be able to do that. <laughs> what I don't understand is we see later on, we see mist coming out of the sides of the coffin. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't he have sucked the blood up through the sides? Cause well, because we it wasn't gravity. on the sides. But it would have dripped down the side. Okay, this okay. This is part of why it he bugs does not me so need much. Gravity. This is part of why it bugs me so much. Is I know the reason they did it like this is because it was easier to shoot than anything else. So, yeah. Because all they had to do was inject blood out of the hole at the top of the coffin and, and then, then reverse play it the film. I know. But I'm like, this, like, this doesn't make sense to me at all. There were a lot of things in this movie where, like, Jennifer Esposito in, in the cell... Yeah. Like, her flying scene, where I was like, she's so clearly suspended from wires. They're <laughs> not even showing her feet right now. Yeah. Like... It was just like, this was easy to shoot, and that yeah. was it. It kind of shows that uh, there wasn't a lot of thought gone into this. Apparently, Harvey Weinstein only bought this movie because it was called Dracula 2000, and he thought that was cool. <laughs> you know what's funny? For such a dumb B-movie, mm-hmm. the storyline of it actually resolves into something that's kind of interesting. It does. It's really interesting. So it's the execution that's the problem. Yeah. It, no, it's true. I was thinking about it, and I was like, you know, the... The mythology that they devise is actually really yeah, interesting. I like it. Anyway, two of them die, including our nameless friend. Most of these people I am going to call by their real names because their names are stupid. Danny Masterson's name is Nightshade. Yes, these names Sean are Sean Patrick awful. Thomas's name is Trick. Yes. Jennifer Esposito's name is Selena, which is kind of normal. And then uh, Omar Epps' name is Marcus. But, like, why are they... and? Lachlan Monroe's name is Eddie. That's normal. <laughs> but then the other guy's name is Dax. Like, sorry, Dax Shepard. It's not a normal name. No, it's not. Although this is the time when it probably mm-hmm. became like a cool, interesting thing. Exactly. But Nightshade and Trick, especially, just make them seem like such huge losers that are trying way too hard to be cool. That's what Danny Masterson seems like the entire time, though, because when he shows up, he's wearing a ca- mid-calf length <laughs> uh, black coat. And, like, uh, just, I mean, dressed up in a way that you're like, wait, you don't even realize you're walking into a vampire's lair and you're already dressed <laughs> like that? What's wrong with you? Yeah. So they blow out a wall and escape through that. And it's only when they move the coffin that, mm-hmm. like, a real alarm triggers. Yeah. I don't know why. I thought they were in an underground vault. They are, but there's, like, so many underground tunnels in London. Oh, that they get to just blow through. That's a lot of explosives, though, because that's a stone wall. Yeah, no, it is, for (laughs) sure. I mean, they probably all would have been injured and had permanent hearing loss. Here's my second line. This explosion through the wall I don't think is a good escape route. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay. I don't think this adds up. Yeah, so they interrupt Van Helsing while he's injecting blood from a leech into himself. Yes. 
so weird this whole thing i'm like i don't like it's this. bizarre yeah and he runs down and he's just like oh god help us all <laughs> when he sees that it's gone <laughs> yeah so yeah then then we just like cut to a seizure inducing dream that is being yes. had by mary yes mary helen the subtly named mary who works for virgin records virgin a hundred percent like sponsored this movie <gasps> oh no they're all over the place but like they totally used the whole virgin thing for, oh they, like, she was constantly in virgin shirts at the beginning they absolutely this. did but i mean it was crazy how much product placement there was oh and like, there were whole scenes shot multiple scenes shot in virgin records right and it was constantly she, in the background yeah and, because she and her roommate lucy vitamin c work at Virgin Records. Yes. And this was around the time when Virgin Records was really cool, but they were also making a huge push in America. Yeah. Uh, and, and, like, the part of the... It's very hard to see what's going on in this dream. But oh, she yeah. seems to be in a coffin, and a vampire face is coming at her. So, there we go. She wakes up. She's in New Orleans, and there's, like, a billion pill bottles by her bedside as she's freaking out. And So I actually kind of liked this scene, right? This this shot of the nightstand. Yes. Because it, what they did with it was show you everything you needed to know about this character. There's a million pill bottles and a picture of her and her mother, who's clearly dead, because it's the only reason you would show that together. And then the virgin staff card. Yes. <laughs> That's all we need to know about this person. And it is all we know about them for now. Because we cut right back to Johnny Lee Miller. And Simon wants to go to the cops. And Van Helsing is like, nope, we can't go to the cops. I'm going to go take care of it myself. Got my passport. That's that. Yeah. And this was also the scene where I had that realization. That I was like, it's really weird that Johnny Lee Miller is an antique stealer in this. Because he seems so much like a young tough dressed in leather. <laughs> yeah. Because Christopher Plummer is like, um, I need you to run the business while I'm gone. And I'm like, really? You want to run this business? <laughs> yeah. So we got to... Like, he has a really great rapport with the clients. Oh, know? yeah, right. The rich clients that are collecting crossbows. Yeah, you look at him and you're like, oh, this guy knows all about escritoires. So the thieves are all on a private plane with no... A weird cargo hold that is giant and no yeah. seats on it, I guess. <laughs> the plane is weird. Also, I'm like, how did you guys afford this? Yeah, no, they have to be, like, incredibly wealthy also to have, like, the technology that lets them have the stuff that broke into there. I yeah. mean... I don't know why they needed to steal anything. Yeah, and that's the kind of thing where it's, like, thieves like that don't go after a question mark payoff. Yeah. Like, the kind of thieves that see a vault and are like, oh, there must be something really good in there... I'm going to break in just to see are not this kind of high caliber thief. So they are just bleeding all over the coffin while they try to figure (laughs) out how to open it. (laughs) It's really bad. Yeah. Just like constant. Danny Masterson is alone when some blood causes a fog machine inside to turn on. Yeah. Well, because what's funny is, okay, so they've been bleeding. So one person bleeds out as they're dying on it. And, like, people bleed out all over this coffin. And then he cuts his thumb, like, a tiny little bit. And that's, That's, that was the what set it. Yeah. 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 It just need they just needed, like, that much more. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, So he looks at it and he's like, oh, I'll just turn this cross. Yeah, he figures out what it is. Yeah. Also, I'm like, why is there a hole at the top of the coffin, Van Helsing? For safety. Maybe? Air holes? (laughs) I don't know. I don't think he needs air holes. So, anyway, he finds a gross body uh, that is not totally desiccated, and there's leeches all over it. And everyone's like, why are there leeches? And then a leech, like, jumps at his face? This was the most aggressive... I'm like, was it a vampire leech? Did eating Dracula's blood make the leech weird? Right? I don't get it. Because, like, leeches don't do that. It's part of why they are sluggish and live in water. They can't jump (laughs) six feet to your face. Also, theoretically, it's a pretty full leech. Yeah. They don't always... It's not like leeches constantly need blood. Like, they need a steady flow of blood. Seriously. To exist. So they're just constantly attached to something. Yeah. Uh, So after he gets that off, he sticks his face in the coffin to investigate because you should always investigate (laughs) face first. 
Uh, and you shouldn't call to any of your friends that you figured it out and there's some weird dead corpse in the coffin. Or honestly, more in character would have been for him to call and start yelling at Jennifer Esposito <laughs> for being like, hey, you know how you thought there was treasure in here? It's a freaking body. <laughs> yeah. And Enjoy your leeches. Yeah, it's gross. There's leeches and a body in here. Instead, he removes a crucifix from the body and he's like, rubies. First of all, I don't believe Danny Masterson has a jeweler's eye for rubies. Second of all, they're like five very small stolen rubies. You're not going to get anything for that. Also, why was the crucifix located over Dracula's crotch? I think we know where his power comes from. (laughs) Based on the rest of the movie. I just like, this is such a weird place to put the crucifix. He is Gerard Butler, Rose. (laughs) Yeah, it might have been his stomach area, but it was unclear. It definitely looked like his crotch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So he's attacked because he removed the crucifix, I guess. Which is weird because later on, crucifixes don't seem to have that much of an effect on any vampire that we ever see. Oh, gosh. The crucifix thing, I'm going to have some stuff to say about that when it comes up. All right. The Heary Yell, Sean Patrick Thomas goes to investigate doesn't call anyone either when he sees that, like, the coffin's open. And, like, a back door kind of, Right, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. for sure. Leeches everywhere. And he opens the coffin, and there's Masterson inside, and Sean Patrick Thomas is it. (laughs) By a, like, weird cryptkeeper-looking vampire that pops down from the ceiling. So as they're hearing yelling, and they're like, oh, it's just, it's turbulence. And I'm like, why? What? Like, why are you justifying that to yourself? Why wouldn't you be like, our cargo is precious and investigate immediately? I also feel like it means I've never been in a plane with turbulence before. Like, so they don't really know what it's like. Yeah, which seems impossible because they seem pretty used to this private small plane and stuff. So they're apparently flying internationally with yeah no internationally a tiny plane that can't possibly hold enough fuel for that yeah like did they get to america and then get in a private plane oh maybe it's it's very confusing although they would have needed a private plane probably because you can't be like oh it's my grandfather in there yeah (laughs) i know right don't look inside although if you do figure out how to open it (laughs) let us know yeah. yeah. So anyway, vampire busts through, gets hot. Open shirted Gerard Butler, and we're all the women in the audience are much happier about this movie. Well, so is Jennifer Esposito. She's into it. She is in a weird way, considering she's just seen what's happened to this guy. Well, we've already talked about the source of his powers. <laughs> she goes to him, and now she's with him. Poor Omar Epps is so betrayed. Right. He he gets killed. And a mutual vision happens between Mary in New Orleans and Dracula. So Mary, we cut to her for some reason, telling her, her, talking about her dreams and weird visions of Dracula, who she doesn't know who it is, but she's been having these like her whole life, to a priest inside a confessional. Well, it's a well-known fact that the only place you can find a priest ever to talk to is in a confessional. That's where they do all their non-mass stuff. Well, they priest, just sit priests in there. live in there. Yeah, like, they so live in they there. They come out to do mass. Exactly. It's bizarre because the priest, for one thing, is Nathan Fillion. For another thing, he says, well, it's good you came to see me. It's been a long time since your last confession. And she goes, I'm not here for confession. Why are you in a confessional <laughs> no. then? Like... Movies always do this. They act like you can go into a confessional and not do confession. First of all, there's going to be a line behind you. Second of all, you don't get to the point of talking to the priest without saying a bunch of stuff indicating that you are there for (laughs) confession first. Like, there's a ritual in that box. I guess if you just pop in and you're like, Father David, I need to talk to you right now. Like, I guess you would know that you weren't there for confession. And also, theoretically, if there's no one else in the church who needs to come to confession, you don't have to talk in the confessional. You can just talk in the church. As evidenced by the fact that they do that later. <laughs> it's it's really stupid. They just like I, the scene. Pe- people love to shoot scenes in confessionals. My mother came to this church for the last five years of her life. Did she ever talk about my father? Why she left him? Why she took me away? Did she ever say what it was she thought she was protecting me from? 
Are you asking about what she confessed? She totally was, though. And he was like, you know, I can't tell you anything under the seal of the confessional. Then they do this slow zoom in where it's like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like you're the devil right now or something. Talking to this priest because she's like, no, it's fine. You can tell me. She's dead. It's fine. No one will ever know. (laughs) Well, she also says like, we're friends. You can tell me as a friend and not as a priest. And yes. I'm like, right, because a priest has, like, different parts of his life where he's not a priest. Right, because guess who's hearing the confession? It's the priest, not the friend. Yeah. And also, she's like, we were at school together. And I'm like, hang on. What's the timeline here? Yeah, I guess if you went into the seminary super young and they let him in The and all youngest that. you would become a priest is like 25, 26. Yeah, so that means she's 25, 26 and still working at Virgin Records. Right, and that's like, yeah, I, I mean, so if they're supposed to be the same age, like, how long ago did her mother die? That's never clear. Why didn't you ever ask your mother about this? That's No, that's true, because if he would have been 25 or 26 when he first became a priest, like a, a priest that could hear confessions and be assigned to a parish, which wouldn't really happen that young, but maybe they were short on priests. He could the, assist someone. Right. And she said her mother had been going there for five years, implying that he had heard five years worth of her confessions. That means he must be 30. I mean, I guess, but they're supposed to be the same age and she's not supposed to be 30. Yeah. That timeline doesn't check out, and they didn't need that connection or for that one line. True, but I think it just means that the person that wrote the script or anyone who directed it doesn't actually know how long it takes you to go through seminary. That is shocking. <laughs> I know. <laughs> is that not common Hollywood knowledge? All the workings of the Catholic Church? You just get a certificate off the internet. <laughs> yeah, probably. So anyway, and he's like, well, she'd never told me anything. Sorry. I know, and he's so conflicted. You know, they show him listening to this thing, and he seems so conflicted about, like, oh, maybe I should tell you what she... And then he's like, oh, wait, no, she didn't tell me anything. Why do we care? Why was he so conflicted then? I think he's probably just upset that his friend feels like she can ask that of him. Because guess what, guys? Priests get excommunicated for breaking the seal of the confessional. Right, and it's not like they're going to hear something where they're like, oh, I've never heard something like that before. i got to tell someone. Because they hear murder confessions and can't tell anyone. Yeah, it doesn't matter what they hear. They can't tell anything. Yeah. We cut to Van Helsing in the airport. Because he doesn't know where they went. He's just, like, walking around in America, I guess. Well, he's clearly in the area. He's in the area. Yeah. And Jerry Ryan is a local news anchor. That's a good point, though. How did he know to go to New Orleans? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's not discussed. Later on, he says it's not a mistake. It's not by accident that he wound up here. And I'm like, how was it not an accident? Oh, he knows. He must have gone there because Mary was there. Yeah, but how did he know that they would take Dracula there? Unless he, like, hijacked the plane midway through the flight and changed it to New Orleans. But they don't have any evidence that he did that. Yeah, I don't... Although he did lash the pilot to the helm again, which Which I don't think works works in an airplane. I don't think it works on a ship. (laughs) No, it doesn't. Like, that's like putting cruise control on and thinking it's going to steer for you. Yeah. It's really weird. Van Helsing is looking rough. He's doing doing poorly. Uh, Maybe because he's separated from his leeches? I don't know. But Jerry Ryan is, seven of nine, is reporting a plane crash... On TV, and it's super similar to the Demeter. So they're like, oh, well, we're going to put all these bodies in the town hall because it's like a super small town. And I'm like, what kind of small town doesn't have room for six bodies? I know. Don't you have a funeral home there? Like, you need a town hall for this? Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. seriously. So then we cut to, he's, he's like, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to head there. Uh, but while he's heading there, With Miller in close pursuit. Yes, he's been following him. That's right, Simon. We cut to Jerry Ryan shooting her piece. What I think is funny is that when we first cut to that, she's standing there. And so they're like in a swamp, you know? Right. Shane West is her cameraman. Yes. Which is weird because he's in it for like one minute, 30 seconds. Yeah, this is a bit part. They're in a swamp, and she's standing near a swamp, and she's hitting, she's, like, slapping herself, being like, oh, what's with these bugs? And I'm like, so weird that there's a million bugs in a swamp. (laughs) Have you never been? I refuse to believe that you're living in New Orleans, or near New Orleans, or whatever it is, and yet you don't know that there's lots of bugs in the swamp. Exactly. Also, even though she was wearing a dress, 
they were only doing waist up shots and it looked like she was wearing a tank top. It did. I which didn't was like that. so they would never have have done that. All of a sudden, something starts cutting her neck. Oh no, because we're seeing it through the camera. Vampires don't show up on camera. Oh. So they went through this whole thing and it's not the first I mean <laughs> We see Shane West die through a camera and he's just getting like tossed around and it just looks dumb. Shane West is killed. Jerry Ryan's attacked. And then there's another vision while Mary's working at Virgin Records. In the small town town hall, mm-hmm. Van Helsing walks in ready to rumble. He's got a bunch of weapons and there's a bunch of, they just like laid a bunch of body bags out on the floor and then like left everything there. Yeah. <laughs> it was so weird. Certainly not in Louisiana, you wouldn't want to put bodies on ice. Uh, so Simon comes in and he's like, You've been like a, a father to me. A father? That is something I was never meant to be. Really? Like you're just going to crush this poor boy's dream? Yeah, I guess. relationship? C- crush him and yet also not send him away. So like yeah. it wasn't even, it wasn't even worth anything. Yeah, so Dracula's gone, but everyone else is a vampire. Don't worry. But they all have a huge fight, and this is where Johnny Lee Miller realizes that vampires are real, and they kill Danny Masterson. Who Thank they, goodness. Oh, they tried to ha- they tried to have him go into like a comic role. Oh, Omar Epps, Esposito, Jennifer Esposito, and Sean Patrick Thomas are all still alive. Yes. Here's a question: Because he can't, Johnny Lee Miller can't bring himself to kill Jennifer Esposito because he like liked her. Yeah, but then also the cops start showing up and she's yeah yeah and he doesn't want to explain it to her well but they clear he could have just killed her but yeah yeah. so they're driving away and van helsing is explaining like dracula was the first vampire he was patient zero and he can't be killed nothing that kills other vampires kills him and they have a flashback to how they originally trapped him and it involved a mirror which is one of these things. So they show him, and he's approaching this mirror. He's going down this alley, it's and he sweet, approaches sweet this Captain thing. Captain Kirk eye lighting. Yeah, and <laughs> he finds out that it's um, a, like he taps it, and he finds out that it's a mirror, and it's been a trap, and now he's trapped in box. And this is that thing where like it looks fine on film, but in real life, if this was happening, you would be able to tell it was a mirror. Unless you I know. were in a fun house, you would be able to tell this was a mirror. Especially if you're a vampire and you're supposed to have amazing senses. So, he's saying that he decided then that he would stay alive to guard him, and he injects his blood, filtered through leeches, which, whatever. I don't, I don't Yeah, I don't understand that at all. I don't even, like, but, have enough knowledge yeah. to say anything about that, but it's they don't even They don't even try and explain it, no. though, so it's fine. <laughs> There's, like, leeches somehow negated. It's fine. Don't worry about it. They try to explain very little in this movie. So, he's saying, you know, we don't, I, I don't, I can't figure out... How to kill him. I know that he hates God and it just makes him angry and the anger makes him stronger. And he's not here by accident. There's someone else like him here. It's Van Helsing's daughter, Mary. What? Plot twist. So Mary's telling the priest again, (laughs) just in open church this time, about the vision. I do also know that it's very difficult to just walk into a church and find a priest. Yeah, you, he is never doing anything. He's just hanging out. Like, he starts putting the candles out. Which is, <laughs> is, like, the church equivalent of, like, the law and order thing. Like, oh, I, I'm just wiping these counters <laughs> yeah. off. I don't know. I don't know nothing about that. <laughs> I'm putting out these candles. I just like to imagine poor Father David shuffling around his empty church, just oh waiting gosh. for people to come and I talk know. to him about I'm things. Only Mary ever does. <laughs> yeah. What does he want? Do you have a sense of that? He wants me. He wants my soul. I guess good news for him that he's in New Orleans now, where he can get it. And a metal song starts playing as he's walking through the Mardi Gras scene. And then we have our first hint of the mythology. Coins dropping on the ground cause him to have a dropping coin flashback. Yeah. Selena, Jennifer Esposito, is in custody. And, you know, she's, like, just taunting the detective and the doctor that are there. Because they're yeah. like, oh, well, we hear that you believe that you're a vampire. And then she just straight up, like, does a bunch of vampire stuff. And I'm like, why didn't she do that the first time? Yeah. So Dracula busts her out. And another reference, the doctor in prison is Dr. Seward. That's the last we see of, of her for now? 
Yeah. But we just go back to Dracula walking through the streets again. He just popped in real fast. Uh, so he walks into Virgin and finds Lucy. And he's like, hey, I'm here for Mary. And she's like, oh, I don't know where she is. Let's go back to the house. Because uh, everyone's into Dracula. And vitamin C is just apparently, like, Mary has previously just left yeah, the store. Yeah, it's super and, easy to walk out on your shift. Yeah, and <laughs> vitamin C is like, oh, me too. Come back to my place. Exactly. Later, when Mary's looking for her, another employee is like, oh, uh, no, she left. It looked like she had a date. <laughs> And I'm like, there's no way you don't understand the shift times that, of, of your employ your coworkers. Yeah, you'd probably be pretty mad, especially when you're talking to someone who previously walked out of their shift. Yeah, you'd be angry. You'd be like, I don't know, but she left early with some guy, and now I have to do her work. Yeah, also, aren't you supposed to be working right now? Yeah, right? So they go back to the house, and they can't find Mary, but they have a flying sex scene. So you haven't told me your name. I have many, but we're also much more complicated than our names. Uh, I, uh... Yes, let's see. I was named after the Peanuts character. Mary sees part of that. Again, her connected visions to Dracula. So... Yeah, she's she's looking for Lucy now, and then she uh, Simon comes up and finds Mary. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, I was sent here by your father, and I have to talk to you. And she was like, mm, I don't really want to talk to you because blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, weren't you just looking for info about your father? Yeah. You were asking a priest to break the bond, bonds of confession by telling her stuff that your mother said about your father. Yeah. You were looking for reasons why she ran away. And then he's here, and he's like, I know why she ran and he's like, like, don't you want to know? And she's like, I, I, I saw what it did to her. Yeah. And I'm like, that's a different question. Yeah. She's like, I'm busy. Tell it to Father David. I'll get it from him <laughs> exactly. Later. If you could confess it to him, that would be great. <laughs> and then I'll get it from him later. Exactly. So he's left in the parking garage alone. And then Omar Epps comes up disguised as a homeless guy and attacks him. He's got kind of a Terminator thing going on with the yes. sunglasses, one red eye, because uh, Simon stabbed him earlier in the yeah. other one. And then this is where I'm, Johnny Lee Miller says the line, Never, ever, f*** with an antique stain. This is apparently something that Johnny Lee Miller kept saying on set as a joke. Because he realized how ridiculous it was. <laughs> yeah, that he was an antique stealer. Yeah. And yet he was fully capable of fighting vampires at the drop of a hat with no training. Right, but Patrick Lussier loved it. And so he was like, yeah, say that. Say that during the fight. <gasps> oh my gosh. So then we got that beauty. When we see Omar Epps turn from a homeless man into a vampire, we see his teeth transform. Yeah. So they have changing teeth in this movie? That's that the, ridiculous. That's the only time we ever see it. And I think yeah. they just changed it for like, this scene needs more. The whole thing is weird. It was very Buffy. Yeah, it was. Speaking of Buffy, Buffy tie-in, I really like was to imagine. Nathan right, Nathan Fillion. I like to imagine that this is him pre his evil oh, preacher yes. days. That would be amazing. Right? This was what turned him into the preacher. Yep. And then he got involved with the first. Yes. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, Simon cuts off Epp's head, and that's that. So Van Helsing shows up to Mary's house just openly waving a gun. And I'm like, okay, if you, what if she had answered the door? She would have freaked out. She already doesn't, like, like you and wonders why her mother was afraid of you. Yeah. You come in here, like, waving a gun around. That's probably not going to help. Mary's not home, but Dracula is. So anyway, you know, he Dracula's like, she's mine. And Van Helsing's like, you'll never have her. And so Mary comes home and the phone rings and it's Lucy. And she's saying that she's with her father. And she says, where are you? And Lucy says, where do you think? Why <laughs> do they need that line for the answer to be upstairs in my bedroom? Yeah. Like, oh, in your bedroom? Okay, that's the most logical place. Also, why would she know where she was? Why would she, what what is the where do you think? That's the thing. That's why it was so stupid that the answer was in your bedroom. Because my other question is, do they have separate lines? Do they have separate telephone lines that they can call each other? I think so. 2000 was a hot time to have your own phone line. 
So she goes upstairs with a bat, and it's super scary, and her father is dead under the bed. So when she runs out of the room, the hallway turns into this weird, never-ending sequence. Where did this come from? Where did all these red curtains come from and stuff? Yeah, it's weird. It turns into this, like, totally different scene, and all of Dracula's wives confront her. Uh, Dracula's wives include Vitamin C, Jerry Ryan, Jennifer Esposito. Yes. From now on, that's their role. They're Dracula's ladies. Yes. And they pretty much just harass people. Mm-hmm. Lucy is like, you had him every night in your dreams and you never even shared. That was a weird line. Shared your dreams? You know, yeah. like like it's super normal to do. Yeah. And she did share her dreams. She actually shared quite a bit of her dreams. But More like, than a normal person would when they were having nightmares about vampires. Yeah, exactly. Joint dreaming's not real, Lucy. Sorry. <laughs> And they all show up, and they're like, what do you have that we don't have? And they're like, oh, she has the essence, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then they all disappear, and Dracula shows up at the end of the hall, and he turns into a wolf and chases her out of the house. Yeah. And I don't understand it, because later he's like, join me. And I'm like, then why was your opening gambit <laughs> a wolf trying to eat you? And she runs out of the house. Simon shoots him with a crossbow, and he turns into a bunch of bats and disappears. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, well, let's go to the church. And she's reading the diary on the way. And this is where she learns that she basically has Dracula's blood in her and has since she was born. So she's like him, but not turned. And she's been connected to him. And she's like, I belong to him. And there's a lot of assumptions being made here that I think are erroneous. really are. And Simon's like, no, you don't. I'm not going to let that happen. And. Yeah, because she has the blood in her from filtered through her father, filtered through leeches. So. Yeah, exactly, right? It's pretty strong connection. So they're looking up everything in this church library where they find, I guess, a lot of reference books about Dracula. <laughs> and they're talking about how he, for a hundred years, Van Helsing tried to keep him from the world. And he goes, most of all, he tried to keep him from you. And I was like, for like the last 30 only, <laughs> though, like... Not the whole time. Yeah. He was already leeching before that. So Dracula walks into the church library and Johnny Lee Miller walks, he gets the gun out and walks all the way up, like strides very far to go all the way up to Dracula to shoot him. And he walks so far that Dracula literally just like knocks the gun out of his hand and then like knocks him away. He's not a very good shot, Hannah. I guess not. I mean... To be fair, those super old guns are not accurate. Yeah. So Dracula chases Mary through a graveyard now, I guess attached to the church. It's a very fancy graveyard. <laughs> like insanely fancy. It's huge, too. Yeah. And all the graves are like above ground. So they're all like almost mausoleums. Um, she crawls into one and like her hand goes through the coffin and her hand comes up bloody. <laughs> and I'm like, there's not blood in a body until, like, right after, like, yeah. right after they die, maybe, but that's ridiculous. But not once they've been interred. Yeah, and there was no point to that scene, so that was weird. Um, oh, something called drama? <laughs> Dracula understands it. He sure does. He finds her, and then spirits her away in a cloud of smoke. Simon is, I don't even know where he's going at this point, because I don't know where he thinks that he's going to find Mary. But he's just, like, running through the Mardi Gras crowd. Yep. He's a man with mission. Yeah. And he's seeing Dracula's wives everywhere. They get into a fight with him, and then Simon kills Jerry Ryan. Then we cut to Dracula on a rooftop with a huge electric cross behind him. <laughs> with a very smug-looking Jesus. <laughs> explaining to Mary <laughs> where he comes from. And yeah. this is where we see the vision. He bites her, and we see the vision. He was Judas Iscariot. And I really like this a lot. I like this mythology that he's Judas, and and so that's where the evil whatever comes from, and, and the silver, the connection to silver, yep. and all of this stuff. I do like that a lot. However, so earlier in the movie... Omar Epps, when he's fighting Johnny Lee Miller, holds up a cross, mm-hmm. and Omar Epps is like, I'm an atheist, man. Like, that doesn't work on me. Yeah. The problem is, I don't know why the vampire's atheism would have anything to do with it. It shouldn't, if they're getting right. it from so him. Right, so in this movie, 
if he's Judas Iscariot, that clearly means that Jesus is real. And if the betrayal was so great that he turned into a vampire, it clearly means that Jesus was God. So God is, exists. It doesn't matter if you're an atheist, because in this universe, certainly there is evidence that God exists. Right. Christianity is real. Yeah. Therefore, the cross has actual real meaning. Mm-hmm. The vampire's atheism should have nothing, that has no, it's like saying that I don't believe in germs, therefore I never get sick. <laughs> like, it, it, the two things are not connected. Because yeah. also, the other thing I could see was if Johnny Lee Miller was an atheist, maybe his lack of faith would right. make him unable to channel holy energy at the vampire. But Johnny Lee Miller's religious beliefs are never brought up in this movie. Right. And I've read that, that version of, the cross's efficacy before in books, and it's been really interesting. Yeah, in Salem's Lot. Yeah, yeah, it's been really interestingly portrayed there. But yeah, but the other weird thing is, crosses don't seem to have an effect on Dracula either. Yeah, they just make him mad. (laughs) Yeah, because he literally takes her to a huge cross that's like 15 feet tall. But what's, yeah, I just think it's weird that they do seem to, they seem to have the idea that crosses don't matter, even though God (laughs) clearly exists and clearly loves his people if Christianity is real. Right. So. <laughs> Unclear. I, what is going on? Because Dracula was also walking all over holy ground. He was walking all over a graveyard. Yeah, I know. Either way, he views himself as the real victim here. <laughs> He's like, you used me because you, it's this whole thing that like people have brought up before where it's yeah. like, well, it wasn't Judas's fault because they needed him to be betrayed because he had to be crucified he had to die for the sins and so he didn't have a choice so was he really bad it was just his destiny and that's what he was saying he's like you needed me right or like jesus jesus wanted him to do this right exactly even within the the movie's own narrative clearly this is nonsense because otherwise he would have died and gone to heaven and it would have been fine like that's because that's his punishment is that he tried to um so in the vision we see that he tried to hang himself but the rope snapped and he was denied death Yes. That's why he can't be killed. Yes. Because he's condemned to life. So Dracula holds out his hand to Mary, and she goes with him. They walk over to the two wives that are left that are surrounding Simon, who's tied up. Yes. And they want Mary to turn him or kill him. I don't under, I don't know which one. But she does bite him, and then she takes the knife and says she wants his head. And she cuts Lucy's head off instead because she faked it. She didn't really bite him. She bit her own lip. And then she stabs Dracula. At this point, then Mary and Dracula fight and Selena and Simon fight. While they're fighting, and Mary has all of the vampire-like ability to like fly and do mm-hmm. flips and stuff like this now. So she's trying to talk Which him. Means that Johnny Lee Miller has got the short end of the stick on, on all really, of the fighting. He really does. She's talking to Dracula, you know, while they're fighting, and she's like, did you ever try asking for forgiveness? And he's like, why would I go back to him? And I'm like, I don't know, you felt bad enough about it that you tried to kill yourself over it. Yeah. Simon cuts off Selena's head, so that's the end of that, and Mary wraps wire around Dracula's neck, attaches the wire to the huge cross, and pushes, jumps off the roof with him. And she's like, this is how you die. Which she has no evidence for. I mean, people have been trying to kill Dracula for 2,000 years. Right. (laughs) Including hanging. He's tried hanging before. Exactly. That was the first attempt. Yeah, that was Dracula's own failure. (laughs) So they're hanging there, and the sun is about to come up, and then he drops Mary, and she falls and hits the ground. Shouldn't she be able to fly? Well, maybe. What I was more impressed by was the fact that when she hits the sidewalk which we see from the side, we can see the mats that are painted to look like the sidewalk pop up a little bit. (laughs) That's so funny. So she's lying there on the ground, but, and then the sun lights him on fire. Yeah. And he's hanging there with his arms out like a crucifix and he dies. Yeah. So the key to killing Dracula was exposing him to sunlight. I personally feel like this is something Van Helsing should have tried. <laughs> There's way back in no the day. way he didn't try it. It had to be like this combined with the soul searching. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It seemed so arbitrary that this time he could die. Although he must not actually die because there's two more movies after this. Yeah, he must not die. And they kind of say at the end that they don't know if he's really dead. She says that she now keeps the ashes safe 
And now she's going by Mary Van Helsing. And I guess the reason that Van Helsing wouldn't have done that originally was just so he could keep using the blood because he wanted to stay alive to guard it. Well, maybe, but I feel like it's going to be a lot harder for him to come back from ashes than it is from... And, it's, I mean, I don't know, splash some blood on him and find out. <laughs> but in that case, you could have just splashed some blood on it occasionally and then gotten blood from that. I don't know. Unclear. But anyway, end of the movie ends with a Linkin Park song. I know! It kind of made me happy to hear it. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of nostalgia there. And with, like, some of the most lackluster credits drawings around the names ever. Oh, yeah, they were, yeah. They were, I was like, if you're gonna do it like that, just don't do it at all. Yeah. So, it's a terrible movie. <laughs> it is pretty but bad. But also, it's kind of fun. It jumps around enough that, like, you're not stuck in a narrative for very long if you don't like it. Yeah. And people are constantly dying. The worst character of all was Danny Masterson, for sure, and he died pretty early, so that was good. Yeah. And he was barely in it. And I just really, I do like what they did with the end, like I said. I just think it was more thought than normally gets put into movies of this caliber. Yes, I agree. And I feel like it was kind of, like, when I saw it, it was kind of the first time I'd really seen that. Because I I think Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter does something similar, but of course that came out after yeah. this. So anyway, I just thought it was kind of clever of them to do that. Thought yeah. out, Well thought out. Yeah, it's a weird combination of terrible movie plus really interesting underlying story. Yeah. I, I think it could have been a lot better done. Yeah, although I will say this was Patrick Lussier's directorial debut. Oh, okay. Well, that makes more sense. Yeah. So he's actually an editor by trade, (laughs) certainly by number. He was an editor for a long time before he became a director. And actually, you'll see he has editing credits on his own, the movies he directs also. Okay, I was going to ask if he edited this. Yeah. Oh, no, never mind. His directorial debut was actually The Prophecy 3, The Ascent. Which stars Christopher Walken. Oh, no. And was released in the same year, actually, but it was released straight to video. Yeah, it sounds like it should have been. (laughs) So, anyway, it's... Yeah, I know. It looks pretty bad. So, this movie lost money. I saw that. It didn't even make its original budget No, its budget was $54 million, and it made... $47 $47 million in box office. Does not even count advertising. Yeah, which does surprise me a little bit that he got to direct another movie. Although I guess what he actually did. So after this, Patrick Lussier directed the next two of these movies. He right. directed the sequels, which were both directed to DVD. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he didn't direct another theatrical release until White Noise 2, which was 2007. So so it was a while before he got to release that. Oh, Nathan Fillion was in White Noise 2. I know, which is weird. Probably because they became such close friends. Well, I'm sure. From his work as Father David. (laughs) Yeah, he was integral to the movie. Okay, I thought for sure that when they went to the church, it was so that the priest would get killed. Oh, yeah, no. Or do anything. Yeah, do anything. (laughs) Yeah. So next up, we're going to return to the world of Transformers. Because I feel like there's still so much left to explore there. Well, there are Dinobots. Oh, gosh, I forgot. Yeah. So the next movie is Transformers 4, Age of Extinction. And this is the first one to not star Shia LaBeouf. It stars Mark Wahlberg instead. So finally, we can get rid of this juvenile comedy, right? Oh, gosh. Comedy part, probably. (laughs) Not sure about the juvenile. That's what's next on More Is More. For more of our podcast, go to moreismorepodcast.com. To contact us, write us at moreismorepodcast at gmail.com.